0: Welcome to Richard Ellis Talks with pastor of Reunion Church in Dallas, Texas, Richard Ellis. He'll take the next few minutes to encourage us with Christmas hope and to challenge us to learn more and grow closer to God's greatest gift, His Son, our Savior, Jesus. It's the 25 Talks of Christmas, a different holiday-themed talk each and every day, all month long. Of course, you can always listen to, download, and share this or any talk anytime from the 25 Talks of Christmas Advent Calendar at richardellistalks.com. So let's go ahead and get things off and running with today's talk. Here's Richard Ellis.
1: The title of today's message is Foretold. Let me read you the definition what it is to foretell something. To tell beforehand, which seemed pretty obvious, but that's what it is. It applies to the telling of the coming of future events by any procedure or any source or any information. And let me just start by saying this. Be very leery of anybody who comes around and says, you know, God told me this is what's going to happen to you in the future or something. I mean, it's interesting, you know, ever wonder why you don't see a headline that says psychic wins the lottery. You know, seems like that'd be the pretty obvious one to me. If you can predict the future, you know what the numbers are going to be. Just win every time. The proof of a prophet is what he says comes to pass. And the Old Testament prophets, some of them got bad raps because it took hundreds of years. Everybody's dead. They prophesied something. Everybody died. And it took a long time before it came to pass. But if it's a prophecy from God, it's going to happen. And you can bet anything in the scripture. If it says it's going to happen, it's going to happen. Not that I would bet on the scripture, but, you know. All right. In the Old Testament... There are plenty of prophecies about the birth of Christ, but today I want us to look at four who told of his coming in the New Testament. And I want to start here with a guy named Zacharias. In Luke chapter 1, verse 1 and following, it jumps in here and it says, inasmuch as many have taken in hand to set in order a narrative of those things which have been fulfilled among us, just as those who... From the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word delivered to them. It seemed good to me also, having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first to write you an orderly account, most excellent Theophilus, that you may know the certainty of those things in which you are instructed. And then he jumps in here about Jesus, even before Jesus with John the Baptist and before John the Baptist with his dad, Zacharias. And verse 5 says, There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named zacharias of the division of abijah his wife was of the daughters of aaron and her name was elizabeth and they were both righteous before god walking in all the commandments and ordinance of the lord blameless but they had no child because elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years and it's fascinating how many people are born to couples that are well advanced in years in the old testament it's almost like god leaves them barren where there's just no hope of anything And then when he says, you're going to have a baby, everybody, you know, Isaac was named Laughter because his mom laughed at the thought of having a baby at her age. Some people would be named Cry because it would be a (laughs) terrifying thought. Verse 8, so it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot, and I love these words, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And I don't think anything is by coincidence. And I literally think his time to be in the temple and what happened is we'll read here in a minute, it is like clockwork. You can screw your life up, but I still believe in God's sovereignty and his providence. He gets the job done somehow. I don't know how he does it sometimes because it looks like we mess everything up, but his lot fell, it was his turn. And he ends up inside the temple to burn incense. He went into the temple of the Lord, and the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. He is doing his job, he is being faithful, he's showing up. And in the course of all that, this is what happens. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zacharias, for your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son. Now, what is the angel doing there? What does he start with? I'm here about your prayer. This guy has still been praying after his wife's been barren and they're both old. He is still praying, has been praying for his wife. He's interceding on her behalf. And the angel says, you shall call his name John and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. It's enough to find out you're going to have a kid and he's going to be a boy, which is a big deal back then. Then he goes on, the angel says, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink. He will also be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. This is some kind of special kid. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. All right, then in verse 18, And Zachariah said to the angel... How shall I know this for I am an old man and my wife is well advanced in years? And the angel answered and said to him, I am Gabriel who stands in the presence of God and was sent to speak to you and bring you these glad tidings. And behold, you will be mute and not able to speak until the day these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their own time. So he is told, he is foretold, he's one of the four that are told that Messiah is coming and that this son that he and his wife will bring into the world is going to be, in the spirit of Elijah, in the same vein of Elijah, going to come and prepare a way, in a way, for Jesus to come. So then verse 21, And the people waited for Zacharias and marveled that he lingered so long in the temple. But when he came out, he could not speak to them. And they perceived that he had seen a vision in the temple, for he beckoned to them and remained speechless. So it was, as soon as the days of his service were completed, that he departed to his own house now, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked upon me to take away my reproach among the people. Now, I don't want to make too much of this, but I love these little stories. And the implied thing here is that these couples were intimate. And this whole thing is about sex. Well, let me tell you something. There is a place for intimacy in a marriage way past childbearing, And way into old age, obviously, here, because this couple loved each other and were together, or you can't have these babies. Only Mary pulled it off without, you know, having to put up with a man. (laughs) Just trying to say something the women can relate to. (laughs) So they get together or hook up or whatever phrases you want to use. And this baby, she conceives, and it's a miracle. And it's used in a little bit, you'll see. Even with Elizabeth, so if you pick up in Luke chapter 1, verse 39, Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. Even in what she says, Mary obviously has found out that she's pregnant, but let's just go ahead and read this and we can jump around a little bit. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, we know that John was already filled with the Holy Spirit, right? Because that's what the angel said. John will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he's born. But now Elizabeth's filled with the Holy Spirit with a baby filled with the Holy Spirit inside of her. So we got two Holy Spirits in there somehow doing their thing. Obviously, it's just one. But let's just say she's full, to say the least. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? Elizabeth knows somehow. Now, an angel, we don't see any angel showing up telling Elizabeth she's going to get pregnant. The angel showed up to Zachariah. Zachariah somehow communicated it to Elizabeth. Elizabeth knows that Mary's pregnant. And something about Mary walking in that house with God himself in her womb, John the Baptist leaps in the presence of his cousin, you know, even in the womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. And anyhow, let's jump in here to Mary. We got Zacharias. We got Mary. Let's see what happens to Mary here in Luke chapter 1. In the middle of this, going back up a little bit, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, now what is the sixth month? You say, well, is it the sixth month of the year? In the sixth month, it, I think it applies to Elizabeth's pregnancy. Elizabeth is pregnant about six months. This baby is able to jump around and respond. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, the virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, do not be afraid. And I think that's one of the, in angel training, it's one of the things they tell them to say up front. You know, remember to tell them not to be afraid because they're all going to be afraid. So then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom. There shall be no end. I mean, I don't even know how you deal with finding out your pregnant period, but i you know, all this, you know, every mom is going to have a special baby, but when you get all this information, you're about to give birth to God. I mean, you talk about watching what you eat. That's just gotta be nuts. <laughs> so another person is told, okay, now, it's interesting to me, it appears that before Mary finds out, Zacharias finds out. And what I love about this story, the whole birth of Jesus, is this stuff is coming in, and we'll get to another one in a minute, but one of the other ones that we're going to look at is Joseph, who finds out, it appears, right after Mary, obviously, because he's about to ditch her, not ditch her, but, you know, he finds out she's pregnant, and how else you going to get pregnant? It can't be immaculately so let's jump in here in Matthew chapter 1, which you got to go to Matthew to get this piece because it's not over in Luke. Matthew chapter 1, and the count goes as follows verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. You know, Joseph obviously knows he hadn't had sex with Mary. And Mary knows she has not had sex with Joseph. There is no category in a poor guy like Joseph's mind. He has picked a great girl, obviously, because God picked her. Mary is not one of the Godhead. She is the woman that was chosen to bear Jesus. Now, I think sometimes Protestants, non-Catholics, whatever, minimize Mary. It's a big deal. I mean, Mary is a big deal. Of all the women in history, this chick gets picked to carry. You know, that's a Greek word that I'd have to... (laughs) Comes from the word chica. (laughs) So she gets picked to carry in her womb, experience something that's never happened, never will happen again. The Holy Spirit comes upon her. The seed is planted. God materializes. You know, this stuff's just awesome to me. I mean, Jesus goes from being at the right hand of the Father in heaven to materializing as a microscopic sperm in an egg and a little virgin girl on the planet. If that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what's going to have to happen. I mean, that's just impossible. And he never ceases to be God. Just boom, just like that. In a moment, something happens, and there he is. And the angel comes to her and tells her all this. You know, not only am I going to be pregnant, and I haven't slept with anybody, I'm engaged. He's never going to believe this. I mean, just think about this. I didn't sleep with anybody. I'm telling you, I didn't sleep with anybody. Well, then how are you pregnant? Well, an angel, you know. (laughs) It's just not a good situation. Here is, in my opinion, the mercy of God and the wisdom of God that he bothers to go. He says, you know what? we got to take care of Joseph. we got to protect Mary because she's going to need Joseph. And Joseph is part of the prophecy. He's part of this whole plan, who he is in the fulfillment of this. So... She's found with child of the Holy Spirit, verse 19 of Matthew 1. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, and he could have made a, said, you know what, shame her, stone her, whatever you want to do, she's out of line, was minded to put her away secretly. He says, well, I'm not going to embarrass her. She's obviously gotten in a bad situation and gotten pregnant. I'm not gonna embarrass her, I'm gonna send her to you know, grandma's house like they did in old school and she'll just disappear for nine months and then she'll back up with a baby or something. You know, I'm gonna put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream saying, don't be afraid. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> these are the highly trained angels, they always do it right. And the angel shows up here and says, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid. Not don't be afraid, but he said in this case, do not be afraid to take to you, Mary your wife for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit and she will bring forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. Now, I don't even know how to express this. This is not just some story to me and I don't know if it gets all over you like it gets all over me. Here's this man who's fallen in love with some girl and she shows up pregnant and all of these God things start happening. An angel shows up to her. He finds out later, and now he shows up to him. Says, "Don't be afraid to marry her." Not only is she pregnant, and it's a God thing, but what if you're engaged to a girl who's pregnant by God? Which, thank God, this only happens once. You're engaged to some woman who's pregnant by God, and then the angels not only says, "Don't be afraid to marry her," but he says she will bring forth a son. And I've already got a name, so you don't have to buy that book. You know, I've already got a name. She will bring forth a son. You shall call his name Jesus. And why are you going to call him Jesus? For he will save his people from their sins. This little boy that you're going to be a stepdaddy to is going to save his people from their sins. That's what you got. You still got a great lady, and she's so great, God picked her to bear his only son, and you are the daddy on this planet to raise this little boy and show him how it's supposed to work and be a father to him on the earth. Verse 22, after he's told him he'll call his name Jesus, he'll save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son and he called his name Jesus. And all these guys saying, well, I'm going to die if I don't have sex. You know what? Joseph falls in love. He's about to get married, going to consummate this thing, honeymoon, whatever they did back then. And now she's pregnant, and now he can't touch her, get near her. He waits till after the baby's born, and you know it takes a little time after the baby's born. This guy's got some patience. He is committed. He loves her and is willing to do what God told him to do and isn't pushing and isn't demanding He's hanging in there doing what God told him to do. And these phrases in the Bible, I believe, are the difference in the whole story of the Scripture, God's plan, and the lives of people in Scripture, and in our lives. And it's over and over. And here's the simple phrase. Joseph, being aroused from sleep, what? Did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He did what he was told. Zacharias did what he was told, but he started asking questions to this angel. Well, blah, blah, blah. He said, you know what? I'll tell you what. You're not going to be able to say anything until this baby's born for even questioning believe and then you go to mary and what does mary say be it unto me she hears the whole spiel i've not known a man but you know what be it unto me according to your will and she says absolutely bring it on i'll do it if we would spend less time arguing with god about what his will is for our life and just get on with doing it you're going to have more grief piled on your grief by just complaining just say yes whatever you got for me god the answer is yes It may be painful, but it's going to be more painful if I keep complaining and wear you out and wear me out in the process, running around, trying to figure out a way to get out of this. If this is what God's got for you, say yes, and let's go with it. The last one, which really is the first one, and it's not Zachariah, it's not Mary, it's not Joseph. The first guy to hear about all this is an old man working at the temple by the name of what? Simeon. Let me read you the story out of Luke chapter two, verse 21 and following. Now this story we get after Jesus is born, They go to Jerusalem to the temple to have him circumcised, bring the two turtle doves and the two pigeons because they were too poor to do the big gun stuff. So they bring the little stuff. They make the proper sacrifices. And Simeon is there, and here's the story. And when eight days were completed for the circumcision of the child, his name was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Now when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were completed, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as it is written in the law of the Lord, every male who opens the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves and two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel." and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Here's a guy in the temple, quietly doing his thing, and what is he hoping for? He's a just and devout waiting for the consolation of Israel. He's waiting for all this stuff that God's talked about to come to pass, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Now, I pray when you die that someone describes you, you know what, that was a man, that was a woman, that the Holy Spirit was upon. Now, that's Old Testament. It'd be better to have him say that was a man or a woman that the Holy Spirit was within, and it was obvious. The power of God was manifest not just in them, but through their life. It wasn't religious words. It was power. There was a voltage, spiritual voltage, coming out of that person. And that doesn't happen by chance. This guy was just and devout. He was committed. And then the next verse, 26, listen to this. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. The Holy Spirit said, Simeon, I'll tell you something. No matter how old you get, you won't die until you see the Lord's Christ. Now, we should anticipate his return the way Simeon anticipated his coming for the first time. Imagine being promised that in every day of your life, you'd go to the temple and think, Maybe today's a the day. They're bringing babies in. Is that the boy? Is that the boy? Is that the boy? That could be God in the flesh right there. And you pick up a boy and no, that's not it. But look what happens. So he came by the spirit into the temple. He went to the temple. Why? Directed by the spirit. Holy Spirit saying, go. And when the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms And it almost looks like simultaneously, he picks this baby up and knows just like that. Now I'm gonna try hard to keep it real and to try to get you to understand what is here. I don't know what it's like for Mary to push God of the universe out of her womb and probably Joseph participate in delivering that baby somehow. And that's gotta be its own deal. But for you to take the God of the universe in your hands, you've been promised, and now you know this little baby is God in the flesh to hold Jesus like that, what would that do to you? I'll read in a minute what it did to him, what he said. But if you can imagine that, how cool that would be, then never take for granted the fact that you don't hold him in your hands, you hold him in your heart, and you don't ever put him down in any way. You don't have to say hello and give him back to mom. He moves in. You have God living in you. You've got Jesus in the person of the Holy Spirit. You are filled. He's in you. He lives in you if you're a believer. And one of the coolest things about being a Christian that I think sometimes we take for granted and that people who don't know Christ yet, you have no idea. As cool as it would be to hold Jesus, you got no idea to have him held inside you. And I think I've been a Christian too long almost sometimes. I just forget what an amazing thing it is to know that God has taken up residence in me. And I can never be alone. And he will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. There is a presence in the same way that John the Baptist is a child in the womb filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament before the cross would come and go. He comes and stays now. And Simeon picks this little baby up, took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. Now imagine you're Mary and Joseph standing there. Here goes another one. isn't an angel. This is just some guy in the temple who gets it. How did he know? And now they hear him praying something going, how does he know? And Joseph and his mother, not Joseph and Joseph's mother, Joseph and his mother, in other words, Mary, marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul also that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed, warns her about the pain that she will experience. Hold the baby and then watch him nail him to a cross and see how you feel. There's more than Jesus got pierced on that cross. There was a mama standing somewhere, got pierced too. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess. This is still coming in the same passage. The daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. You know, 29 is a good age too, but she was of great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord, and listen to this, and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Foretold, and we've seen those four. The question is, will we like Anna tell? Speak of him to all those who look for redemption. And my encouragement to you is to do just that.
0: Thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks. This program has always been about not only providing daily encouragement, but also daily challenge to help us grow in our faith, to continue being shaped into the person God desires us to be as His hands, feet, and voice to our hurting world. You know, not only is that the mission of the Richard Ellis Talks program, it's also the great commission of Pastor Richard himself to clearly share the simple message of the gospel in a way that leads people to Jesus, to reach everyone together. So these 25 Talks of Christmas this month is a creative way for you to reach a friend with some encouraging teaching. We've made it real easy for you to do just that from the website richardellistalks.com you'll see the Christmas Talks Advent Calendar where every holiday-themed talk can be listened to, downloaded, or shared right from each day's door. The website is richardellistalks.com. So before we part ways for today, I'll remind you that you can automatically receive a direct text on your phone each and every morning that will link you to the most recent Christmas Talk on the website Advent Calendar. Simply text the word Richard to our toll-free phone number 855-6-RICHARD. That's the word Richard to 855-6-RICHARD. All this month, it's some Christmas words of hope, insight, and encouragement during the holiday season, when perhaps we need to hear the message of Emmanuel above the rest of the seasonal noise. So to automatically receive the daily link, text Richard to 855-6-RICHARD. You'll have these 25 Talks of Christmas whenever and wherever you're ready to listen. So until we get together for the next Christmas Talk, thank you for listening to Richard Ellis Talks.